Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. This is Tracy with the Tracy and Craig Show. I uh, hope your Thursday is going well. We're trying to get back on a regular schedule, so we're glad you're tuning in today. And we we sure have a lot to talk about, don't we, Craig? Yeah, it's been a busy <laughs> couple days here, especially today. Yeah, real real busy today. Real busy. The um, first, I, I we got to start off with. We try to start off with something light, but what, what was this? <laughs> what was this mess? Donald Trump and the Civil War. I mean, I've got it all pulled <laughs> up. I mean, I've read so many articles, and um, you know, I mean, I've got the quote pulled up that he said. But my big thing is that you know when he talks about how Andrew Jackson um, would have been, it was really angry about it, and. He died 16 years before the Civil War even started. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, I'll tell you, even my 13-year-old niece read an article about this and was just like, she actually told me, and she was like, this is why I wish I could vote. And I'm like, me too, honey. 
Me too. But uh, tell us a little bit more. Yeah, I know you have some. I'll read a full quote. Trump yeah. was being interviewed by Selena Zito, the Washington Examiner, and then he had this to say: "I, I mean, had Andrew Jackson been a little later, you wouldn't have had the Civil War. He was a very tough person, but he had a big heart, and he was really angry that he saw what was happening with regard to the Civil War. He said, there's no reason for this. People don't realize, you know, the Civil War. If you think about it, why? People don't ask that question, but why was there the Civil War? Why could that one not have been worked out? And yeah, like you already stated, the big problem with his argument there is the Civil War started in 1861, and Andrew Jackson died right. in 1845. So yeah, right. a 16-year gap there. <laughs> I mean, even my even my niece, no, you know, she's in middle school, and you know, has had U.S. history this year. Even she knows the dates and the people involved. You know, and I'm sure most junior hires do. Um, and this is our president. I just. You know, and, and he made another Civil War comment back a couple of years ago, and I don't have it in front of me, but it it, it came up. I remember during the um, just during the campaign, and just like, how stupid does it, does one have to be? And then he ended up getting elected president. And yeah, I mean, does this not scare you? It scares the it's shit out of me. I mean, George yeah, I mean, Bush, a, yeah. he, was never, he was never an eloquent speaker, and yet he didn't oftentimes try to make it sound like he knew what he was talking about when he knew he, 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 knew he didn't. So he wouldn't bring right. up you know, historical facts from 1861 or whatnot and, and try to you know, revise history like that. Donald Trump, he thinks he knows everything, but he really doesn't. So he even, he even sounds dumber than he actually is, probably is. People, if you don't know something, then why, why go out and spout that you do know something, you know, <laughs> it doesn't really help. How he got me. into Penn, how he got into the <laughs> University of Pennsylvania is beyond me. Yeah. I, I mean, how? I mean, that's a seriously hard school to get into. And yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know who his dad paid off. Um, yeah, exactly. My my thoughts exactly. Because he he has, I mean, he he ha he he he's he's an idiot. I mean, I hate to say that about anybody, but um, you know, so I mean, that's just that's all I can say about it. Yeah, he has <laughs> serious sounds, me, serious mental basic, problems. But, yeah. <laughs> I, and yeah, I, I, I don't know if you saw the show at, at midnight on Comedy Central, but they did a, uh, a training hashtag. It was Trump teaches history. He was poking fun at his Civil War flub. So, yeah, that was that was pretty amusing. And I don't know if you saw, but I kind of got on a roll with some of these. And I'll just read a few of them off if that's okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. These are tweets I posted. Trump teaches history. My fi- my fifth most, most popular one says, quote, Did you know the theme song to the Jeffersons was written by Thomas Jefferson? It's true. <laughs> that's a fact. Number four, the saddest story I've ever heard is when Captain Hook crashed the Titanic. <laughs> Number three, Abe Lincoln actually drove a Prius. I know it surprised me too. <laughs> Number two, one French leader I'll always respects is Napoleon Dynamite, like for sure. <laughs> and... My most popular tweet from that from that segment was, "Not many people know this, but Andrew Jackson was part of the Jackson Five. So yeah, that was fun. <laughs> and that, I had not that. read those or seen that. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just found that comment that he made. It was actually this year during Black History Month in February. He praised Frederick Douglass. Yeah, that's right. Somebody who's done an amazing job, like he's still alive. <laughs> yeah, he also spoke about how he and Pap, uh, Pavarotti are close friends, and his, his uh, widow said, uh, "No, nah, yeah, that's not true." <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, man. I mean, this guy. Let's, we'll kind of jump into something a little bit more serious. I mean, I, I wanted to get a good laugh about this Civil War <laughs> thing. And we usually start the show a little light. And um, I know everybody found that hilarious. I enjoyed all the texts that I got about it. And, um, yeah, that, that was yeah, just a, It's, that was it's a healthy time. to laugh, especially nowadays with that guy as our president. So. <laughs> Hey, we have a quick call. I, uh, let's just take it oh, before boy. we dive into um next one. Um, caller, you're on the air. Uh, hello, the good evening. Greg show. Good. good evening. Good afternoon. Well, you know, I don't uh, dip into politics that much. You know, I, I own a farm. You know, I'm really busy with uh, work and such, and I got three mm-hmm. kids, you know, and only uh, something I've been noticing in politics is that uh, everybody goes irate over the smallest things. What I feel we need to worry about is the wars because there's a war. There's a war coming, you know, a big one. We have to we have to be ready for this, you know. And it, it's a fact, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I've 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 seen some things, you know. Like I said, I work a lot, but you know, from what I've seen and what I've heard from people, you know, apparently we're in some kind of conflict with North Korea. Mm-hmm. But I mean, and, uh, people are saying that China's on our side, but you know, how, how are we going to trust China when you know they're an ally of Russia? You know, that's mm-hmm. something I've been thinking about. Yeah, I mean, good, good thoughts. Um, Craig, what do you what do you have to say about that? Well, thank you for calling. Well, well, yeah, well, thank we'll you for your, your thoughts again. and your call. What was that? Sorry. <laughs> Um, I mean, yeah, he's right. I mean, we, you know, there there are definitely bigger things to worry about, and I don't know if he had been listening to the first five ten minutes of our show, and that's kind of what he was insinuating. We have we have better things to talk about than the civil war flub, which I mean, he would be right in saying that, but uh, we kind of like to start off a little lighter in tone before oh, diving definitely. into more serious topics. But I mean, he's right. Uh, there's definitely a conflict with North Korea. I'm always kind of torn on what I think about our conflicts with North Korea because it seems like the leaders over there, they always talk a big game. But right. uh, it always just kind of seems to be noise in the end. And, and so, every you know, time they try a missile, it blows up on them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they get one up and it blows up. Um, but, I mean, I'm not saying we shouldn't be concerned no, about no, of course it, not. But, between I mean uh, between North Korea, Syria, Russia, and I mean our interaction with China. I mean all those to, countries you just named have, you know, as unstable of a leader as we do. So it's it's yeah, a very I complicated mean, balancing act trying to prevent war and yet at the same time trying to pr- protect people, citizens of other countries. Whom have authoritarian leaders, right? It's it's a quite a fine balancing act. And I, pre, former President Obama, I think I think he tried to walk that line, and he oftentimes right. su- succeeded from what we could tell. But it's difficult to know what citizens of those countries whom were perhaps impacted by the authoritarian regimes actually thought with regard to his, his uh, decision making. Right, and you know, I just, I, I, you know, with with my my background, what I used to do for a living, I mean, Trump is so unstable, <laughs> and I mean, I mean, who knows, who knows what the guy would do, you know, and um, I mean, any, any of those individuals that um, you just mentioned and what he was talking about, I mean, I, I definitely think that. Um, that caller, and I've, I'm sorry, I forgot to get his name. Um, I mean, he's he's definitely on point, you know. Um, I would make sure. Yeah, I think what you just said—that's what really made me nervous about Donald Trump. Even I mean, all the way throughout the GOP primary. I mean, I might might not agree with a lot of the GOP politicians, generally speaking, but guys like Jeb Bush, John Kasich, and some other like individuals—they actually had a fairly even keel demeanor. 
And so, I mean, even if right. I didn't vote for them on, on election day, I wouldn't be as nervous about them leading the country and interacting with foreign leaders as I am with Donald Trump. Right. Exactly. I mean, he's Trump. Trump. He just kind of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a wild card. You, you, you mm-hmm. just, you know, you you don't know. Um, and we're going to get into some of the things that you know he's done in the last week. Um, definitely, what's impacted the, um, or what could impact the American, um, the ACA. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, our Obamacare, um, as people yeah. call it. Um, but you know something, you know, pretty big happened today with that. If if you haven't heard, and we're going to jump into that. But um, you know, he also promised he he wasn't going to, you know, no, I'm not going to get do away with gay rights, yada yada yada. And um, he kind of did today. <laughs> Um, with with a bill that he signed, we're definitely going to talk about that. But um, you know, he's just he's going to do whatever he feels in the moment. And sadly, we have no idea what we you know what that will be. Bottom line. But why don't you start us off with uh, what happened today? Correct today in politics. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, not long before uh, we started the show, the uh, GOP House, they earned a tour, required 216 votes to pass the AHCA, or the American Health Care Act. And so it's going to be moved forward to the Senate. And a lot of analysts don't think it's going to pass the Senate. They're going to make some fairly substantial adjustments to the bill and pass it over to the House. But still, it, it's one step forward for the P repeal and replace Obamacare right. process. So, I mean, we'll have to see what goes on from here, but uh, I've been reading a lot about the bill today and days prior, and <laughs> I've been supportive of the idea of making adjustments to the Affordable Care Act for a while now, but this bill is not the right solution to those those holes in the bill. <clears throat> right. I have a lot of notes here. If you want me to get into those with some of the issues we, we yeah, have with this well, bill. Yeah, let's do it. Let's, I mean, okay. this is something that, that, I mean, could affect, you know, a lot of our listeners. Um, and I don't, I mean, you've talked about it. I've talked about it. It, mm-hmm. it could impact both of us. Um, you know, while I don't qualify, you know, for, you know, the free health care, I mean, I, I get a substantially cheaper rate, you know, just for an individual, um, than I would have nine years ago. So, yeah. um, and I don't, I mean, it's, still, uh, it's still not cheap. Don't I, get me wrong. No, but. no, no. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't qualify for Medicaid, but I've had pre-existing conditions pretty much, well, I guess, mm-hmm. all my life. And so I had been mm-hmm. regularly denied health care until the Affordable Care Act had been implemented. And so, I mean, I'm one of those individuals who could potentially lose my health insurance due to this bill. In any, ca- any case, some of the notes I took, the Congressional Budget Office, the CBO, they have yet to score this new bill. I mean, the the GOP, the House GOP, they made a last-minute uh, adjust, uh, adjustment to an amendment. I think it was last night, 8 o'clock, and they, <laughs> a lot of the members hadn't even read through it, I don't think, and the CBO didn't have time to make to release their analysis of the bill, and it, it passed the House today. But the previous CBO's estimates showed that they believed that up to 24 million people would lose, lose health care Mm-hmm. With the first installment of the bill, and it, would, it really wouldn't make that large of an impact on on the, the deficit. And so, <laughs> there weren't a whole lot of positives to take away from their first proposal of the bill. And not at all. The analysts I heard, and the analysts I heard speak today with regard to this latest version of the bill said, while the CBO has not released their up, updated analysis on this most recent version of the bill, they really don't think there will be a lot of changes from their previous analysis. And I, ironically enough, Paul Ryan, he's a 
majority speaker in the House and one of the lead proponents of this bill. In 2009, this is a direct quote from Paul Ryan in 2009 with regard to the Affordable Care Act before it got passed. He said, quote, I don't think we should pass bills that we haven't read, that we don't know what they cost. And if you rush rush this thing through before anybody even knows what it is, that's not good for democracy. That's not doing our work for our constituents. We shouldn't rush this thing through just to rush it through for some artificial deadline. Let's get this thing done right. That was – End quote. That was Paul Ryan in 2009 with regard to the ACA, and he went completely against his principle back eight years ago when he spoke out and, and voted in favor of a bill today, which wasn't analyzed yet by the CBO. And some of the more troubling aspects of the bill from what I've read to this point, I mean, it defunds Planned Parenthood. And not only that, According to a report uh, released by L Magazine, uh, what's her? Dr. Diane Horvath-Cosper said, it's not just sexual assault that could be considered an existing condition under the GOP's plan. Other conditions like postpartum depression, being a survivor of domestic violence, or having gotten a C-section could also be considered pre-existing conditions. People who have C-sections identify as women, so that's a shorthand for gender discriminatory policy. Sickening. In my opinion, the bill, I mean, in its current form, is just a, a big F you to women. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's it's scary that we're having to depend. I mean, it's glad that he has this kind of money and he supports women like he does. But, you know, mm. Mark Zuckerberg, however you say his name on Facebook. That's pretty close. Um, <laughs> the owner of Facebook, um, he donated, it was like 992 or 98. I think it was like 2 million. It was, it was 990 plus million dollars to Planned Parenthood. Um, and that was real recent. I mean, like in the last couple of days, um, I can get that exact number, but, um, yeah, he's always been a big proponent of Planned Parenthood, but, you know, I mean, we're going to need Planned Parenthood. I mean, we as in women are going to need it more than ever. I mean, not necessarily me, myself, but, um, yeah. Planned Parenthood has been bastardized by the far right for a number of years now. It seems like right. they brainwash their constituents into thinking that Planned Parenthood is, is an abortion clinic, that's it, when only approximately 3% of I don't know, the funds, no, the 3% of the procedures performed at the Planned Parenthood facilities are for abortion. So 97% of those procedures are, I mean, scanning for certain types of cancer, uh, providing contraception. I mean, ironically enough, a lot of the procedures, more procedures performed at Planned Parenthood or, for, or to decrease unwanted pregnancies and with that abortions than they are providing abortions. And so, I mean, if if you do away with Planned Parenthood funding, oddly enough, you're going to see an increase in pregnancies and also abortions. And sexually transmitted diseases. Yeah, right. And it's it's disgusting. It disgusts me that um, – that that this could happen in in America that um, you know that that this could happen and um, I mean the bill, the bill basically says being a woman is a pre existing condition exactly exactly um, I mean if you've ever had a kid I'm sorry for you pre existing condition. Especially if you had any type of issues with it. Yeah, right. And, and as far as the amendment last night goes, I should comment on that. Benji Starlin of the MB- of NBC News uh, made the following statement with regard, with regard to that. He said, quote, under an amendment to the bill negotiated by Representative Tom MacArthur of New Jersey with the Conservative House Freedom Caucus, states could seek a waiver from Obamacare's current requirement that ensures 
that insurers charge people with the same for coverage regardless of whether they have a pre-existing condition. If states opt out, insurers can charge sick people for far more for plans if their coverage has lapsed, and coverage also might not include treatments for the condition. States that go to right. this route would have, would have to set up some kind of mechanism like a high-risk pool to try and help otherwise uninsurable consumers get coverage, end quote. And like I heard some doctors and analysts state today, they, they've gone the high-risk pool route previously, and they're not very effective. Right. And God, I mean, I can only imagine how much that's going to cost. And I know you make a good living, but, you know, I mean, you could be paying four figures easily or being charged that anyway. Margot Sanger Katz of the New York Times, she wrote an article today also and kind of provided a brief analysis of the winners and losers with regard to this health care plan. And she pointed out the winners as being high-income earners, upper-middle-class people without pre-existing conditions, young-middle-class people without pre-existing conditions, people who wish to go without insurance, people who want less comprehensive health coverage, large employers and medical device companies, indoor tanning companies, and a few other medical industries. The losers, poor people, older Americans, people with pre-existing conditions, especially in some states, and... Right. State, state government and hospitals. And then, I mean, not, not only that, but, I mean, I'll, you, ch- you should check out the list of groups who have come out against this, this, this health care bill. The, the American Cancer Society, Cancer Action Network, American Diabetes Association, American Heart Association, American Lung Association, Fibrosis Foundation, JDRF, March of Dimes, National Organization for Rare Disorders, National MS Society, Women Heart, AARP, the American Nurses Association, the American Hospital Association, and the American Medical Association, just to name a few. Right. It's a it's a who's who of health organizations that, mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't seen one, uh, you know, one of the big ones anyway, that's for it. I haven't seen any um, disability organizations, um you know, anybody like that. I, I have not seen one single person come out in favor of this new bill. And, I mean, I got to ask you, you know, what what do you think is going to happen in the Senate? The reports I'm hearing, I mean, it was expected that the, the House would pass it with about 217 votes today, which I, I think that was the exact number. But right. uh, it's – Especially in its current form and without a CBO analysis, it's these analysts, same analysts, are highly skeptical that it's going to pass the Senate. Yeah, and, uh, I, even, even, I think I think they're about three votes away from it passing the Senate, mm-hmm. maybe more. But I'm I'm thinking I'm I mean if I had to make a bet, I would say three votes away, at least. Yeah, even Lindsey Graham spoke out last night after the amendment was adjusted right. to this current form of the bill. He, he even said, you know, there's no CBO analysis. I mean, we haven't had time to read through the whole thing. It, I'm I'm highly skeptical of this thing, thing right now. <clears throat> right. And I, and I really and I really think that House GOP did themselves a disservice by rushing through this without a CBO analysis. Because I mean, it was one thing in their, their first and second proposal when they, they received a CBO analysis and they they, they received blow, a blowback for the, their mm-hmm. numbers and, and they thought, okay, well, we, we need to make some adjustments. Now, I mean, they passed this through the House without a CBO analysis, and of course it's going to come out eventually. And, and once it does, and it, in, all, in all likelihood, it's going to show similar numbers as it did previously – and the House GOP is going to look even more ridiculous for rushing this thing through than they did, did the first or second time. Right. And, I mean, you know, what also happened um, in the last few days is, I mean, I, I think most people have heard about it by now, 
is what has happened to Jimmy Kimmel and his newborn son. I can't talk about it without crying. Um, like you, you want to just kind of give an overview, and then I will try to get my stuff together and um, actually talk about it. Yeah, sure. I, yeah, earlier this week, Jimmy Kimmel gave a, a very heartfelt, teary-eyed monologue with regard to his newborn son, who is facing some heart troubles. And fortunately, it appears that the operation he underwent was successful, and he's things are looking up as far as his health goes. Kimmel, like I said, he gave a very heartfelt, teary-eyed monologue, and I'll, I'll read part of it right now. He said, quote, before 2014, if you were born with a congenital heart condition like my son was, there was a good chance you would never be able to get health insurance because you had a pre-existing condition. You were born with a pre-existing condition. If your parents didn't have health insurance, you may not even live long enough to get denied insurance due to a pre-existing condition. If your baby is going to die, it shouldn't matter how much money you make. I think that's something that whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or something else, we can all agree on. No parent should have to decide if they can afford to save their child's life. It just shouldn't happen, not here. We need to make sure that the people that are supposed to represent us, that pe- the people meeting about this right now in Washington, understand that very clearly. Let's stop with the nonsense. This isn't football. There are no teams. We are the team. It's the United States. Don't let their partisan squabbles divide us in something every decent person wants. End quote. The thing that and, hit home for me was yeah is is I mean just you know when you're when you're talking about children that are born with a disabling condition of of any sort that's a pre-existing condition I mean by definition and I just have a I have a really hard time with with this bill when it comes to children, especially. Um, yeah, I don't know if you've heard, it, but uh, Mo Brooks, a Alabama representative, he was speaking with Jake uh-huh. Tapper the other day, and he, he said with regard to the health care bill, quote, my understanding is that the new proposal will allow insurance companies to require people who have a higher health care cost to contribute more to the insurance pool. That helps offset all these costs, thereby reducing the cost to those people who lead good lives. They're healthy. They've done the, the things to keep their bodies healthy. And right now, those are the people who've done things the right way that are seeing their costs skyrocketing, end quote. And I mean, <laughs> you, you see or you hear Jimmy Kimmel's heartfelt monologue with regard to his, his son's health issues, just, I mean, just a newborn baby, his health issues, and then you read a comment like that saying, oh, only, I mean, good people. They don't. They don't have health problems. If you live a healthy life, you take care of yourself, and you know you don't. You don't have these issues. And then uh, you look over at Jimmy Kimmel and his fan, family and, and other type such families. I mean, how can you say that? It's just right. mind-blowingly insens- insensitive and ignorant. Right. And you know, I mean, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel, and. Of course he has insurance, and of course he has money he's mm-hmm. going to pay for it in cash. Um, yeah. But, you know, what about these families that, that don't have insurance or mm-hmm. and, and that, that's coming up? I mean, if, if this bill passes, there will be families who lose children because of because of this crooked, greedy party. And how, I mean, how they can look themselves in the mirror is beyond me. It's beyond me. Um, you know, thank goodness. Uh, I was blessed enough that my niece and nephew were born healthy. But I also, I have friends that have children who, um, you know, have died by like the age of five. And a lot of it's because they couldn't get help before mm-hmm. Obamacare. Um, and I have a lot of friends now that they depend on it for their child. And you know what? I mean, what's going to happen to them? 
And I know people all around this nation have stories like this. It's not just me. I mean, I'm sure you know people. I mean, mm-hmm. yourself, for starters. But, you know, uh, but with with children, you start messing with children's lives. There's just something, um, there's just something really evil about you. <laughs> um it really boggles boggles my mind that the GOP often brands themselves as the, as the pro-life, family values party. Because right. I mean, in all right. honesty, when you when you look at their positions, their policy proposals, sure they they try to protect life before that life is born. However, once that life is that baby is born, then they're on their own. My, that, my, yeah, that my that opinion, party they're not, not pro life. They're they're pro life until birth. Right. They're um, basically that that party is anti-choice. Um, they aren't pro-life because you know I've I've asked you I've asked my own parents. I mean I can say stuff about my parents because they don't listen. They don't care what I have to say because they completely disagree with me and they think I'm wrong. But you know I asked my parents who are you know go to church and are God-fearing people. They're they're pro life, um, and I know a lot of people like this because you know being from the south, you know just about everybody is um, pro life down there. Not everybody, but a lot of people are. And you know, I'll I'll start talking to them about oh well I guess you're against the death penalty too then. Of course they aren't. Um, you know then it's like okay well. What are you gonna do for the the person that you won't let have an abortion? Are are you gonna take care of them? Or are you gonna make sure they're fed, cleaned, you know what? And not their problem. Once that baby comes out, not their problem. Mm-hmm. And it disgusts me. It it this party it, 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 this. The GOP has has turned into something that I, I know Abraham Lincoln every day is turning over more and more in his grave because what these people are doing, what these people are doing to our lives, to our kids' lives. I mean, you and I, we're not parents, but but we're aunt and uncle, and uh that gives us a pretty pretty special ranking, and I mean, can you imagine if your niece? I mean, my niece and nephew. Oh my God! If 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 something happened, and you know, we didn't have the means in our family to take care of them, it. it I mean, it scares the crap out of me. And even kids I don't even know that live in Alaska, you know, live in North Dakota, you know, kids that could die simply because we have a party that is in control of this country that doesn't give a shit about us. They're all about making money, pleasing the other one percenters, and that's it. That's it. I mean, when it comes down to it, that is all they're worried about. And they it's say there's amazing. a church their arguments. Of, you know, of Jesus. And, you know, whether you believe in Jesus Christ or not, you've, I mean, you've probably heard of his teachings. And none of his teachings go with what the GOP says. I mean... He fed the poor. He, you know, he helped the people who were who were sick. Um, he wouldn't have taken their health care away. You know what I'm saying? I mean, am I just getting am I just getting pissed off or nothing? I mean, do I make sense? Yeah, it's quite odd. I mean, according to a lot of these far right individuals, it seems that they picture Jesus. Oh, he's got he's got 
bags full of gold and money. He's, he's holding AK-47. He just kind of pisses on the poor, says, oh, screw you. And, I mean, <laughs> and you read through the Bible, and that's like the antithesis of how Jesus is depicted in that in that sacred text. And so, I mean, I really have no idea how he got this brainwashed, but it's really troubling. And it, it seems a lot, like a lot of these same individuals, they kind of they, – they suffer from a severe case of both narcissism and denial because it seems like they've reached a certain point in their lives. They, they, they've reached a certain point in their lives where they, they feel like they've made it, they're successful, they have a, a good husband or wife and great kids, a good job, and they forget how they reached that point in their lives. They think, well, we made it here and screw the rest of you. And they, they kind right. of take for granted you know, when they were when they were growing up, other people they didn't know paying taxes to help fund their ed- education and and the the roads they they traveled on and and they just, they kind of seem to forget that and I mean our soldiers protecting the land and they, it just seems like they just kind of had this warped view of you know I built that I built everything like like uh, the GOP's campaign slogan back in what, 2012 they just they can't really see the forest from the trees and see all the help they received along the way, all all the blessings they had throughout their years to achieve the success they did. And mm-hmm. I think really this goes for all people of all strides. I think we all really need to stand back and, and see the bigger picture and re- realize why we are at this point in our lives and all the blessings we've perhaps taken for granted along the way <clears throat> and, and try to reach out more to lend a helping hand to others and, and, and keep that that trend going. Yeah. And not only enough, I mean, one of the, see the critical big arguments by the GOP with regard to the Affordable Care Act is, oh, premiums premiums are going up, and we have fewer options, and and I mean, it's it's crippling families, it's, it's a disaster. But I mean, a study just was just released within the past week that showed that uh, largely due to the ACA personal bankruptcies have decreased 50%. And while mm-hmm. it's true that healthcare costs have continued to increase, these increases didn't just happen overnight. They've been going on for years prior to the ACA being impl- implemented. And actually the increase Ever since I've worked, I mean, that yeah, where right. I've had to have my own insurance, they go up every year. It's a fact of life. I've never not had my insurance go up. Right. I mean, I don't know about you, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, so something needs to happen. I mean, either we need to find a way to stabilize or decrease health insurance costs, or we, we need to uh, increase pay wages. Because, I mean, when if one increases without the other, then we're going to run into problems. Exactly. Exactly. Um and I just, I mean, my mind just keeps going back to children. And um, I mean, they—they're just—they are sick if if they're going to let children die because their parents don't make enough money. Because we live in a nation where wages are horrible. And parents can't afford insurance, and you're going to let a kid die. Bottom line is what it comes to. I mean, you you can set up a, you can set up a GoFundMe account and hope that people help you. Um, you can do fundraisers. You can, you know, um, apply for financial help, but not everybody's going to be able to do that. And it it sickens me to my core that this party even exists today. That 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 people in 2017 can think like this. And this really should not be a partisan issue. I mean, this this is about people's health and well-being exactly. here. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> this should not be a this partisan about, issue. This is about life or death for many people. Right. And yet, because, and, pres- because President Obama signed this Affordable Care Act, 
And the GOP, I mean, since day, from day one of his tenure, they wanted to make him a failed president. And, yep. And right now, and right now they're trying to pretty much <laughs> delete any and every sense of accomplishment through Obama's eight years in office and kind of just wipe right. him off the map completely when it comes to his political achievements. And so, I mean, this is just purely political for them. All they, all they want to do is say, you know, Obamacare is, is off the map. President Obama's main achievement while he's in office, it, it's gone. Now, now this, this is our bill. And they're not really thinking about the potential repercussions to their constituents, to the citizens of this country, to our children, to our elders. I mean, it, it just boggles my, boggles my mind to think that either party can place their own party above people's health and well-being. Right. You're supposed to be the people's representative. And you're not doing that. Um, and, and I also go back to the same people that, you know, are just realizing, uh-oh, my health insurance may be taken away, but they voted for Trump anyway. Because Benghazi. <laughs> I mean, because... She's a woman because whatever their excuses. Yeah, there, there's so much misinformation and deflection in, in politics. Right. It, it's it's extremely it's becoming increasingly more difficult to have a civilized discussion with an individual on the opposite side of the spectrum. Because I mean, it's. Oh, I can't. I it's can't. Ca- it's kind of funny in a way, but you know, Kellyanne Conway got a lot of flack for her alternative fat remark. But it, oddly enough, it, it kind of pre- points out a, a fact in today's culture. It, it seems like the two the two parties, the two ideologies, live in two different realities. One one tends right. to look at studies and you know, scientific findings and fact checkers to get, garner their information, and then the other side tends to go the conspiracy theory route, the um, bumper sticker slogan route the ancient text route and alternative facts route. It's just like, it's like the two uh, groups are living on different planets, speaking different languages and have an increasingly more difficult time of communicating with one another. And it's, it's, it's incredibly frustrating. How do we fix that, Craig? (laughs) I I honestly, I honestly don't know if it can be fixed and, and I'm a pretty optimistic person. Uh, something needs to be done about, I think, term limits. Because oh, that's for sure. Because not always. I mean, that there are some decent Congress people who are still in it to make a positive difference on society years after they were first elected to office. But the longer a person is in office, it seems like the more prone they are to doing it for the money from the special interest groups and lobbyists and. Mm-hmm. And and just talk, talking a good, good game to get elected for the next term and not proving themselves to be to be worthy of their previous term. And so I mean I, I think that make a big difference. I think since since United being overturned, the Supreme Court would be would be big as well. And so I mean billionaires can't sway a certain demographic or a certain election with with their with their money and. News outlets need to stop pussyfooting around when it comes to providing equal airtime to facts and conspiracy theorists and just tell things as for as they are. And people need to stop kind of beating around, beating around the bush and being subtle when it comes to pointing out certain news outlets or whatever you want to call them, certain, certain outlets who like to <laughs> twist the truth. And, right, and we need to find a way to, I mean, actually be able to engage in civilized discourse with people who have similar information in front of them, factual information, and they can they can you know read columns with opinions, they can have their own opinions, but when one group group of people are reading 
debunk conspiracy theories and disregarding actual facts, and the, the exact opposite is true of another group of people, then I mean, it's, it's going to be extremely difficult for the two groups to have engage in civilized discourse with, with one another. Right. You know, and I'm I'm sure there's you know some Republican out there, um, Tea Partier, that thinks what we're saying is is wrong. But I mean, how how can you be wrong with the fact that if this passes, what it's going to do to people? I mean. Kids didn't ask for this. People with disabilities didn't ask, ask for this. I mean, I got to be honest with you. You know, I've had this thing happen to my arm, and it just keeps getting worse. It doesn't get better. Um, the doctor has now said I'm probably not going to be able to bend my arm, do a lot of things like I normally do. And I'm going to have to make some adjustments in my life. And you know how 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 is this how is all of this going to impact me you know i mean sure i i think about me but i mean there are a hell of a lot more people out there you know than i mean yeah my injury is pretty severe but nothing i mean there's people out there nothing i mean i am nothing like them and so I can't imagine how they're feeling because I'm scared to death. I don't know what's going to happen and how it's going to, you know, impact me. I mean, am I going to be disabled the rest of my life? I mean, I'm pretty sure I can keep on working somehow. <laughs> um, yeah. I know I will because this is who I am. But, um, you know, it, it may not be as much as I normally do. Um and that'll take an impact on, you know, I'll still have to pay the same amount of health insurance. Um, so I can't imagine someone out there, you know, like yourself, you know, who has dealt with, with you know, things their entire life, you know, being with the possibility of this being taken away. Um It just it 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 scares excuse my language scares the shit out of me for so many friends family and people I don't even know. Um, I do think maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here, but you know, looking back at how Donald Trump's election kind of brought so many people, it's kind of ironic in a way. He he kept saying during the campaign. I'm going to bring people together. But ironically enough, after his inauguration, he kind of did bring a lot of people together against him. <laughs> and so with regard to his uh, temporary banning of seven Muslim-majority countries and uh, his talk of building the wall and so many other things, I mean, a lot of people in the Women's March and everything, a lot of people have come together and – Decided, you know, now it's time to fight back, and I, I really hope that, and I think it will happen. But I, I really hope that this new health care bill, which had passed the House today, and which I predict is not going to be shown in a very bright light when the CBO finally gets around to their analysis, I, I really think that people are going to let their voices be heard. They're come together, whether they're you know, moderate Republicans right. or far left. Democrats or independents, and they're going to say, you know what, there needs to be some changes to the ACA, but we need to improve our healthcare system. But yeah, this this is not it, and and I really hope that the Senate right. listens to those voices and and acts accordingly. You know, I know a lot of people are calling on the single payer system. I'm not so sure I'm for that either. You know, I mean, I think. I mean, sure, there's some changes that need to be made to the ACA, but overall, I mean, I I think it worked for the majority of people, and not just a few, like what they're trying and, to do right yeah. now. And, and one problem I mean? I'm seeing right now with the ACA is, I mean, Paul Ryan today spoke about 
how uh, the state of Iowa, the final, I think, insurer of the uh, the marketplace, they might pull out. And and I read the article today. The reason why this is happening in a lot of the states right now is because there, there's there's uncertainty about what's going, what the next step, step is going to be when it comes to health care in this country. And so, I mean, the GOP is clamoring, saying, oh, the ACA is dead, and it's it's – it's in a downward spiral. It's on the brink of collapse. But, I mean, a lot of the reason for the problems right now with the, these insurance companies is is the fact they don't know what's going to be the healthcare system next year, and so they're uncertain what they want to do. And there there needs to be some stability within the healthcare system. And so until the GOP finalizes things, I mean, this is going to happen. And they 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 fully blame the ACA for all this instability, and yet a lot a lot of it's their own doing. <laughs> Right, right. It's um, I don't know if we can move on to another topic because we're we're almost out of time. <laughs> we could still keep <laughs> yeah, talking about. Wonder, maybe, yeah, maybe we can touch on the uh, religious liberty thing for five minutes here. <laughs> um. Yeah, and I, I'm sure probably next week we'll be coming back to um this issue. Um, you know, I, I mean, I'm not going to apologize for spending so much time, you know, talking about health care because it is so important. Um, and, you know, we find it important enough. So what? We spent most of the time on it. Um, yeah. Hopefully it opens yeah, some eyes. <laughs> hopefully, you know, it opens some people's eyes, get people thinking. Um and I mean, I, I guess we could um, talk quickly about the religious freedom executive order. Um, he did sign it correctly. Is that correct? I'm sorry, correctly. Yeah, yes, uh, yes, that is correct. <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, national he did day of prayer, and, and he said there at the Rose Gardens today, and he said, "quote Faith is deeply embedded into the history of our country." the spirit of our founding and the soul of our nation. Uh, we will not allow people of faith to be targeted, bullied, or silenced anymore. And then he went on to sign the executive order. <laughs> I love it when you Max, do his voice. You make me laugh. <laughs> yeah, I need, I need to work on that, but I mean, it, it's it's fun. And then it's I good. read our call by, by Ali Vitale of NBC News with regard to the executive order. And he wrote, quote, Trump promised during the campaign to dismantle the Johnson Amendment, which, which bans tax-exempt organizations like churches from political speech and activities. His executive order relaxed IRS enforcement of that ban, while the executive order right. signals a promise kept. Fully repealing the Johnson Amendment would require congressional action. The executive order called Promoting Free Speech and Religious Liberty also gives regulatory relief to companies that object to an Obamacare mandate for contraception and health care. That builds on the 2014 Hobby Lobby Supreme Court case, which found that the Affordable Care Act mandate that certain corporations must provide female employees with no-cost access to contraception was a violation of the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. And I I guess the initial bill, they had 10, I think 10 things they wanted to implement with regard to this, this act, I guess you could call it, and it got stripped down to three. And so, I mean, Trump's calling it the, the biggest religious liberty act in you know mankind history, whatever, but it really got stripped down, I guess, and some conservative groups are kind of disappointed at the final result. <laughs> right, right, and you know, I mean, I I think this was this is going to be shut down anyway because mm-hmm. <laughs> because Constitution. <laughs> um, I don't yeah, think right. he really he has the authority to do that, and. Um, you know, a group like the ACLU is going to take this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, I, I think in a, it won't even go to Supreme Court. I mean, it's going to be, you know, one of the district courts, you know, like, like they've been shutting down his um, immigration. Um, they'll be they'll be shutting down. I mean, he'll be shut down on this one. But, you know, it, it did have um, – 
it, it did, and it, and it still could impact the LGBTQ community, which concerns me, <laughs> obviously, as being a part of that community mm-hmm. and, you know, having a lot of friends in that community that, um, and, and there were some, you know, the human rights campaign sent out a, you know, pretty massive email last night saying, this is what we're hearing, you know, that, um, it, it was that, you know, there was going to be language in there basically, you know, where people could legally discriminate against us. And, um, you know, I mean, sure didn't have it now, but, you know, he promised he wasn't going to do anything like that either. Yeah. But, I mean, his promise, it's kind his of ironically humorous. That. They says that the Christian groups are being, the ones being bullied and, and discriminated against. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my God. wait, 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 what, what there's, Free religion, the Constitution. You have you have the right to believe as as you so please, and yet you're trying to use this act to have the right to discriminate against people you may not agree with with regard to their sexual orientation. So I mean, how does that work? Right. Are you getting bullied again? <laughs> exactly. I mean, hmm. let me introduce you to Matthew Shepard. Let me introduce you to friends yeah. that I know. Who have been beaten because because of their sexuality, um, mm-hmm. and then I'll show you bullying. Uh, you don't see Southern Baptists getting beat up around town. Um, yeah. You know they're 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 holding they're they're just being held to the letter of the law of the land, and um, you know separation of church and state. Period. Um, yeah, I was just going to say that too. I kind of I listened to the whole speech today, and I found it kind of funny. He brought up the Constitution and, oh, we have the freedom to believe because, you know, Constitution. And I thought to my, and then I thought to myself, wait, he's talking about the Constitution right now to support his argument, and yet he's basically saying there's no such thing as church and state. Okay. <laughs> Separation of church and state. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, Craig, I think it's been a productive show, and I hope that uh, people that have listened have, um, you know, learn something. Um, I hope we fired you up to call your senators. Um, I'm sorry my voice sounds like Peter Brady. My allergies are so bad right now. <laughs> Mine are bad. Anyway, I'm surprised I didn't, had to clear my voice every five seconds. <laughs> I know. I know. Me too. Um, or maybe I have and I've just muted it. Ha ha. Yeah, that's true. We, we're used to it now. I have the switchboard. <laughs> but uh no anyway i i really hope though that this is um lit a fire under someone's butt you know i mean get get people fired up because i mean this is this issue is not going away and you know we live in a world where you know most people think me 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 all the time and We've got, I mean, we we live here together. We've got to think about each other. Um, no matter what you may think about a kid's parent, I mean, I don't like you being judgmental, but whatever. You know, you, you can't hold that kid responsible. And, um, you know, I mean, this is going to, this could impact, I mean, this, this is just, it's a bad plan. And, yeah, you know, like Craig and I both said, we we're pretty confident that it won't get through the Senate. But you never know. I mean, yeah, you, we can't you we can't know. take that for granted. Yeah. Right, exactly. So, um, has the vote been set for that yet? Uh, no. I mean, just before we went out of the air, the House finalized their vote, so I haven't heard right. about the date okay. for the Senate's vote yet. Yeah, I didn't think it. I mean, I I looked for that before we went on air, but. Didn't know if you saw something I missed because you're Mr. Catch Everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, I hope I hope that people you know will call their senators and um, you know encourage them to vote no. I mean, let's let, let your voice be heard. Um, you know, that's what happened last time when they voted mm-hmm. on this and you know didn't make it through. So. Uh, let your voices be heard and think about your fellow man, uh, not just yourself. Um, anything mm-hmm. else you want to say, Craig? That was very well put. Amen to all that. Well, thank you. I didn't practice that. No, no, it truly you. came to my head, but 
Um, well done. Thank you. I I just think that we, as a people, need to pay attention to one another. Um, and, you know, not not just worry about if it's going to affect me. You know, what about the elderly neighbor you have, you know, um, that you like? And, you know, you don't want to see anything happen to her. You don't know her condition. You know, what... What about a little kid with a disability down the street, you know? Um, and and the millions of people you don't know that will be impacted by this. You know, just um, try to try to think outside of yourself for once. And um, I'm not saying that everybody thinks about themselves all the time, but, you know, I think, um, I think we can all do, I mean, myself included, can do a better job. So um, I guess we'll... We will leave you with that note. And again, call your senators, call your senators, call your senators. And uh, we will definitely catch you next week. And we hope you have a great weekend. Craig, I hope you have a great weekend. Don't get into too much trouble. <laughs> you know me always <laughs> causing trouble. <laughs> oh, yeah, me too. Me too. Yes. I'm going to see Hall and Oates Saturday night. Oh, so. nice. You know, you know I'm going to rock out. <laughs> and Tears for Fears Can't... are opening. Guess how Ooh, old nice. I am. <laughs> now I'll be anyway. singing the song, Shout, Shout, Let It All Out. These are the things I, I can do without. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's my head that's now. Be the same song that we sing to the GOP right now. Yeah, right. Maybe I'll upload that fitting. one. Very <laughs> fitting. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in. And um, take care and, you know, do good to each other. Thanks. Pay it forward. Have a good weekend.